So in addition to the many things going on in the General Assembly, there's a push for constitutional carry. All of a sudden, there's a a, a look at, hey, when we talk about the right uh, to keep and bear arms, um, maybe we should be taking a look at licensing uh, in, in and of itself. We should ask ourselves what it is that we really want. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Uh, good morning. Guy Relford joins us right now. He is the gun guy. He's every Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, the Relford Law Offices and, of course, the mind behind the 2A project. Uh, you were were there. You were testifying on constitutional carry, which is House Bill 1369. Talk to us how this comes to be, what the plan is, and what you hope to see from it. Well, it's really uh, what I hope to be the culmination of about five or six years uh, of work, Tony. We've been pushing this for a long time. And for folks who don't know what this is, you know, Indiana has a license to carry handgun. Um, 16 states now, and soon to be 17 because Utah apparently just passed this yesterday, have passed what a lot of us call constitutional carry. We're calling this particular bill lawful carry. And what it says is, is that if you – Um, would have passed the background check to get a license anyway, meaning you're not prohibited from uh, carrying a gun or possessing a gun under either state or federal law, and you're at least 18 years old, which is the age to get a license. As long as you're a law-abiding citizen, you don't have to go beg permission from the government to please uh, allow you to exercise a constitutionally protected freedom. The, the, the Second Amendment in Article One, Section 32 of the Indiana Constitution, those are any licenses, quote-unquote, that I need to exercise what is a constitutionally protected right to bear arms, and that means carry. So um, this got a hearing yesterday in the Public Policy Committee chaired by Ben Smaltz. This is uh, Ben's bill, um, and so Peggy Mayfield, uh, the vice chair, ran uh, the meeting. It went very long. It was uh, over four hours, 23, 24 people testified. And I think we dramatically advanced the ball because anybody who opposed this really had no facts or logic to back them up. We had some law enforcement officers, including Doug Carter, the superintendent of state police, who said, well, we think this will endanger officers. And then they were all asked, well, what data from the 16 states that have already passed this are you relying on to say this creates any additional danger for police officers? And nobody could answer that question. So then we had as many police officers, including a Hamilton County Sheriff, I'm sitting in Hamilton County right now, uh, Dennis Quakenbush, who came in and said, I fully support this because, because I support the constitutional rights of the people in, in my county. And I don't think this endangers officers at all because, frankly, we approach everyone, drivers or homeowners or anyone else, as if they're armed, we're trained that way. So whether they have a license or not is irrelevant to us. We're treating everyone as a potential threat until we confirm they're not. And that's how law enforcement should operate. So I'm optimistic. I think we really advanced the ball, and uh, I think the logic of all this really won out. Let's take a step back. Talking to Guy Ralford, uh, the gun guy. Uh, he is, of course, a Second Amendment lawyer, Ralford Law Offices. You hear him here on WIBC from 5 to 7 p.m. on Saturdays. The argument of the Second Amendment is my... Uh, is my permit, I have always understood. And I do believe uh, that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed is is a very cut and dry conversation. But you're going to have people say, wait a second, you're going to tell me that anybody can just carry a gun and not have to get checked and not have to get background checked and not, and how is that common sense? And what about the children? What are the 
the immediate misconceptions that are thrown out by not just average Hoosiers, but really the anti-gun zealots, what are they throwing out, and how do you counter those arguments? Well, and, and, and you laid it out perfectly, Tony, because that's exactly what we hear, but that's all a complete fallacy because, for instance, if I have a felony conviction, um, I'm already facing 10 years in federal prison uh, for possessing a gun if I have a felony conviction. So if I'm caught with a gun, I go to prison. In addition, this bill would actually create a parallel crime, possession of a gun by a prohibited possessor, uh, under Indiana law. So authorities would have the option of prosecuting you either under long-existing federal law or even locally. So if you're caught with a gun and you have a felony conviction, just like today, you could potentially go to jail for carrying a handgun without a license if you're caught in exactly the same way. Well, no, we're not going to get. We're not, not going to make law-abiding citizens go through the process of paying a fee and begging permission to exercise a constitutionally protected right. But if you're a prohibited possessor under any of the definitions of prohibited possessor under state or federal law, and you're found with a gun, you go to jail. So the idea that this allows just anyone to carry a gun willy-nilly is completely ludicrous. If you've even read the bill, well, people not reading a bill is. Is, is a big part of what this is about, but what we're, I mean, that, that happens all the time, but let's go to sure. this other part really, really quickly. The idea that you are endangering people by not having common sense checks. What about the ideas of training and things like that? Well, I, I have always advocated training. I'm a trainer. If there was a mandatory training provision in Indiana, I'm sure my training business would make a lot more money. But I would never advocate putting limitations on the exercise of a constitutionally protected right. This is, this is fundamentally something protected by the Constitution. And as soon as you start putting arbitrary restrictions like, well, an eight-hour class, or, well, no, let's make it a 16-hour class, well, you know, probably a 40-hour class. Pretty soon the government, through that kind of a requirement, can eliminate a right simply by putting such a burden on the exercise of that right that nobody can comply with it. So I will never agree with the government placing limitations and, and often arbitrary limitations on my ability to exercise what the founders of this country guaranteed me. That's what this is about, and that's why I'm so optimistic we're going to get it done this year. So this was in the House. It, it, you expect it to pass the House, or has it already passed? No, it, there was not a vote. Uh, it was just uh, for testimony only. There will be a vote very early next week. I absolutely expect it to pass out of this committee. Uh, the votes, I fully believe, are there to pass it in the House, and uh, I'm optimistic in the Senate as well. But obviously, once the House passes it, we've got to start over with a committee process, and I'll be right back there testifying again, and we'll have the same logical arguments that ought to win the day. That's Guy Relford. He is the Gun Guy, 5 to 7 p.m. on Saturdays, uh, the Gun Guy show. And check out the 2A project when you get uh, the chance. Very, very interesting work being done.